Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just a warning, some of the ideas discussed in this podcast refer to mental health issues and some listeners may find this confronting. Hey, I'm Jason Smith, and welcome to episode five of the official Home and Away podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all of your friends so you never miss a moment. This week in Australia, it's Mental Health Week, and it's also World International Mental Health Day. Mental health has become such an important issue in the world because it affects so many people. Depression, anxiety, grief, loss, and self-harm are all real examples of just some of the challenges people are experiencing every single day. Currently, one of the Summer Bay residents is going through a very difficult time. And joining me is Rowan Nickel, who plays Ben Estoni and Home and Away series script executive Louise Bose. Welcome to the official Home and Away podcast. Good to be here. Thank you, yes. Before we get into the nitty gritty of today's podcast, this is not your first time in Summer Bay, is it? No, it's not. No, mm. no, I was here in 04. Around the same time you were, as I recall, yeah. Mm -hmm. Playing a guy called Stafford McRae. I think Andrew McFarlane was on as well. And Laurie Fowell, Fowell, Mm -hmm. yes. Angie. Angie, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. I think it was only a couple of months stint. I had a really, really good time and I never thought it would come around again, but it has and I'm happy, happy to be here. And I believe Julie McGoran was our producer at the time. Yep. And you were playing a villain? I was playing a villain. Yep. It was around the time Tamman was leaving. Mm -hmm. And I think she was on her way out and I gave her the impetus to, you can be so much more and greater (laughs) and bigger and, by the way, leave with me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And she did. She did. You're going to wake up in five, ten years' time, maybe even a year's time, married to Scott, unpublished, and hating yourself. Do you remember your audition? Yes, I do. Kesty tells me that my callback was absolute rubbish. <laughs> really? Yeah, Why yeah. I, well, I auditioned. I, I sent a tape at Malinar's in Melbourne, mm-hmm. where I was living at the time, and then I got flown up to do the callback. And so I rocked up, and Kesty was at the front. And I knew Kesty a little bit. I knew her a little bit. And I went, Kesty, are you, are you doing? Oh, great, great, great. <laughs> thank goodness. Let's get in there and kill it. So we get in there and basically improvise a bunch with, and there's combinations of people. And of course, we saw about 20 beautiful young ladies to play our daughters and they're all fabulous and Anna Cockerell was fantastic Sophie Dillman was fantastic and and later on of course me and Kesty went who did you think was and we both agreed that those two were the were fantastic you know but it was all a blur to me man because I flew up that day and then later on yeah Kesty said you were actually rubbish that day <laughs> you were terrible but oh, Julie geez. Julie had faith in you and I yeah. went oh geez and I've never taken it up with Julie because I don't want to believe that could be true. I thought I was wonderful. But, <laughs> yeah, when you get close to, to that sort of stuff, it's all well and good to audition at the head of it and, you know, have your experience, have your lines. And then when you get close to it, that's when the heat's on and you've got to care. 
you've got to care because there's a million auditions that happen that you don't have to care about because they could go to anybody. But if you're in the mix, oh boy, it might be yours to lose. So it was very nerve wracking, but we had a great day. We had a good day. I left going, oh, well, I couldn't have done any more. And you're here now. I'm here now. Yeah. Three years later, nearly. Completely different thing. It's lovely to be playing a family man. Yeah, just just playing a family man. It's a departure for me, at least. You know, it's good. The Stony family have been through so so much since they've arrived in the Bay. Do you think they're victim of the Summer Bay curse? Oh, the Summer Bay curse. I mean, it hits pretty but, hard. It it does, but at the same time, there's been a, all these blessings that have that have come to them in Summer Bay as well, and blessings happen as well. I guess we've got to concentrate the things that happen to a family for the purposes of what we're doing. And so the blessings and the curses, they come thick and fast. But a lot of good things have happened to the Estonians. I will say that there's been an an absolute evolution in the relationship between the family dynamic and between Ben and Maggie. That's one thing oh, I do for know. Sure. And it's been so great to watch Yeah, as it well. has, hasn't it? It's been amazing to watch. When you throw challenges at a couple or at a family, I guess it's it's how they deal with those as individuals and how that family pulls together is kind of that soul of the bay. It brings us back to family all the time. It's really important. And the Estonies are a great example of the strength of love. Now, is it challenging to come to work every day and step into Ben's shoes? No, it's not because I know him now. I, I, I know him now and I know this, this, I know when there's the scope to... To be daggy, I know when there's the scope to be all business, have some wisdom, X, Y, Z, all the things that Ben's got to do. Sometimes they all get played at once. Most times it's not advisable. But yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I just go by the scripts and I look in the mirror and my hair's done and all that. I go, well, that's Ben. Yeah. And I'll just open my mouth. And my dad said to me, because my dad never used to watch Home and Away, and now he doesn't, doesn't miss an episode. And, you know, he's a 73-year-old man uh, into sports. And I said to him, do, do, do you, Dad, do you buy it? Do you buy that I'm in love with this one? We have these kids. He said, absolutely. And that's all that I needed to know. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Pretty cool. Uh, look, I know the thought of more chemo is pretty overwhelming, but it's not going to be forever. Before you know it, we'll be in Tuscany. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Swanning about the countryside, full of fettuccine, avenno, all this will be a distant memory. Mm, Pettuccini. That's what I feel like. Why don't we get some takeaway? Huh? Don't cook. Why don't you go to that little uh, Italian place in Yabby Creek? Okay. Let me get the menu. (laughs) Now, Lou, the Estonia girls, you know, they were finally back on track. Ben's boards, it's growing business and becoming a real success. What made you want to dial it back up again with the drug trafficking charges and, and all that? I think, you know, for us, in the, again, in the story room, what was the catalyst for it, what we could launch from, and I think having watched Ben and Maggie and the girls navigate the, the cancer story that we did and knowing the strength of that, it really needed to be an event that kind of broke Ben, I guess, in that way. To have a dream that we knew was a long-standing dream for him and to understand that it meant the way that he defined himself was through the success of that and then to have that taken away kind of went to the very fabric of who Ben was. How did you feel, Rowan, when you first heard about Ben's upcoming challenge? With his mental health. Well, it was something that I was very 
number one, whenever you get a storyline that Lou entrusts you with, it's a great honour because we're all getting judged. And to have anyone stake part of their reputation on what you're doing, especially with such a delicate and universal subject, I was really flattered. And Lou said, look, I want to tackle male depression. Ben's a prime candidate for it, an absolute prime candidate for it. In Ben's past, there's been a lot of stuff where he's been made to feel, he's put up with a lot of stuff, as everyone has, but he's been made to feel over the years. What we don't see of the Estonies is Ben's relationship with Maggie's family. Maggie's more of a well-to-do sort of a, comes from a well-to-do background, and Ben isn't. Ben's, you know, salt of the earth or whatever you want to say. And there's always been a perception that Maggie's too good for him. And deep down, I think Ben does fear that. If you've got a fear, a deepest fear, that's what it is for Ben. And I knew when, when Lou explained what she wanted to do with it, what they wanted to do with it, that that would be brought to bear. It's kind of where I, I imagined that Ben could be right in the pocket for something like that. So it was a really great thing to... Yeah, and as an actor as well, to be given that challenge and that mm. kind of storyline, it's a compliment as well, I would sure say. And oh, it couldn't be in better hands. Yeah. Honestly, Thanks, it Lou. couldn't be. Thanks, Lou. So, you know, when, when you've got something, that, a story that you really want to tell, you know, part of what you do in that story room is go, where where do we place this in, in our fabric, in our ensemble cast? And, you know, for me and for my story team, it was a no-brainer that, as you say, Ben was a candidate for it and the strength of that family around him and how it would affect them and how they could get through that or not get through that, what challenges, you know, the test of their love, you know, that was the, that was the place to put it. There was no question. Ben Estoni? Yeah, look, whatever Rick Booth has told you, it's not the full story. Dean deserves a chance. Sir, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to place you under arrest for exporting prohibited drugs. Hand behind your back. Hi. Rowan, how'd you go about sort of getting into the character doing research? Did you speak to a drama coach? Did you go and do some outside research and no, speak to people? No, no, I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, like Lou was saying, it was a product of circumstance. What brings this on is a product of circumstance. I'd already had the benefit of doing a year and a half in Ben's shoes with Ben's backstory that had been written. Ben is this guy. He's done this. He's come from here. And he's written as a fairly happy-go-lucky fella. Like, he, he's not a guy who's, you know, he's sensitive and all that. He wouldn't have been able to bag a beautiful woman like Maggie if he didn't wasn't in touch with good stuff that men can be in touch with. But, yeah, generally speaking, he's not given to overthinking, to stewing. You know, he's hot-headed. point of it is, I would just read the script and then we would rehearse and then we'd get there on the day and see what happens and then throw it away, that's fine. Because, mm -hmm. it, because it's, yeah, as I say, it's not... Ben's not written as a, a tortured anything. He's written as a just a generally good, solid bloke. Yeah. And it just he just gets smacked down by it, so we just play it. And did you have any personal experiences that you were able to draw on for the for the role? Look kind of storyline. Look, um yes. Yes. But my personal experiences weren't actually of much use because my experience of that side of life comes from obviously much different circumstances and I approach I look at life in a lot different a lot of different ways. Well I thought that would happen. I actually thought I would draw on a lot of stuff from my own life, but I didn't. I didn't. 
a lot of blokes around get struck down by it. And I know a lot of people, you know, my time, I'm 43 and a lot of people around, you know, there's mortality to think about. There's what am I doing? What am I putting out there? What happens? And it can weigh on you. But anyway, look, I know enough about it to approach it from a fairly, uh, approach it from the place I needed to approach it from, I guess. You know. Ben says this one thing, um, he says, nothing I do matters. And it really explains succinctly the whole journey of his life and maybe the whole journey of a bunch of other men's lives. That comes to the crux of what I think a lot of blokes go through is what am I doing? What will my legacy be? And if Ben is the agent in some way of his own downfall here, if the business goes, if they have to sell the peer complex, that sort of stuff, so that's what I'm leaving behind. And as I say it, it feels terrible. That's what I'm leaving, I'm leaving behind debt. I'll leave behind, and he has that choice, of course, where he goes, well, I'll go, I'll just plead guilty. I'll plead guilty, we'll keep hold of the peer complex, that way my wife and children will have something out of this dreadful catastrophe that I've created, because I'm a loser. Once those thoughts start piling up, it's not hard to get yourself in, in the spot. Yeah. But yeah, nothing I do matters, really good line. We want to see some of the old Ben back, that's all. You were stronger than this. You've got to get up off the couch and get at it. Start fighting. Are you both stupid? All right, I'll get off the couch. I'm off the couch. Great. Doesn't change anything. I have no business. I have no job. I've got no future. Right? Nothing I do matters. Was this strategically planned to be the starting point of Ben's mental health 100%, challenges? Yeah. 100% planned to just say... You know, we didn't want necessarily to say he just slowly, you know, fell into it, which people do. Mm. That's a, that's 100% a correct way to go. But in the research on male depression, a lot of what we were coming up with was there often was a catalyst, whether it be a relationship breakup or a, a retrenchment from work or something along those lines that often unbalanced, I guess, the guy gave us that into the story and allowed us to launch from that point. Trigger. Yeah, a trigger, absolutely. I think the way that it's been set up is that Ben actually, it's partly ambition. I've seen it as Ben, in retrospect, Ben trying to run before he can walk. The business is in its infancy and he gets handed an opportunity, which is a good opportunity. There's time constraints. He doesn't do his due diligence. And so, because there's the promise of not a quick buck, but a quick transition into the next level of Ben's boards. You can potter along and build a customer base and this and that, and oh, we've got something in a magazine or this and that, or we can leapfrog a few people. And that's what Ben chooses, and a lot of people would do it, but he is the agent or an agent of his own undoing here. And that's important to think about when tying back into the the narrative of Ben not being good enough and Ben trying to be a bigger man and get let's build an empire or something like that ambition kind validate. of validate yeah it's good it's good the way it happened honey this is not good I've never seen him so down it's a natural mum he's lost everything well, he's still got us he'll bounce back just you wait Hey, did you know that the uh, Home and Away podcast is an enhanced podcast, which means you can watch along and listen along all at the same time. To make it happen and give it a go, download the Acast app and subscribe now. How does the happiest day of your life turn into the worst? 
in Seven Studios' new romantic thriller, Secret Bridesmaids Business, everyone is hiding something, and someone is always watching. Starring Abby Cornish, Katie McGrath, and Georgina Haig, Secret Bridesmaids Business, on Seven. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, uh... I ran into your wife earlier. Thanks, but I don't need a babysitter. No one's saying you do. In fact, Maggie doesn't even know I'm here. But she is worried about you. And so am I. There's no need. Really? Since when have you been watching the box at this hour of the day? I've got nothing better to do. You mind if I come in? You know, Ben is first and foremost a husband and a father and a good citizen and a you know a, as you say a lovely well-rounded sensitive man so he's kind of the everyday guy and around him are these beautiful people that love him and so when something threatens that and he can no longer see that he is loved and respected in that way because he can't love and respect himself then the whole family starts to suffer for it. And I think that's really the big tragedy too of any of these kind of mental health issues is it's as much about the people around the person who's suffering as it is about the person. And unfortunately, sometimes they can't see that. They can't see that level of love and support because they feel they're not worthy of it or they've done something to lose it. And it's not often true, but it's it's catastrophic. Yeah. yeah. And once that wall is up, it takes some profound love to chip it down again. Yeah. That's what the Estonies are. Yeah. They're love. Yeah. They're pure and simple love. Did it take its toll on you as a like personally? Like, you know, you obviously got the cameras rolling during the day, but at the end of the day they're calling cut. Was it you fatigued or very fatigued? Yeah. yeah, very fatigued. Lou told me it would be a slow burn, and it, it was. Come away from a hard day's work, going well. I think we did well, or whatever, whatever. But yeah, you're buggered. Yeah. And then you know that the next day or the next week, you'll try and add different shades to essentially going through. You know, it's just still different parts of the trough. Very, very hard to know where you are in the trough sometimes because you've got to be in the trough and stay in the trough, and everything you say. <laughs> is kind of um, a downer. <laughs> yeah. Because you feel the way you feel. But, uh, you know, you add little shades in your own internal thing to get you to get you there. But, yeah, it, it wears you out. Yeah. How long was the whole storyline, the process of 
filming of that? Was it over six? It was months. Six, six yeah. months? No, well yeah. over six. Yeah, wow. around there. It was because the nature of the mental health issue is, even though there was a catalyst, there was a trigger point, the nature of it is quite insidious. Mm. So you couldn't just suddenly go, oh, Ben's got depression. Yeah. I, that wasn't a truthful portrayal of the issues. So what we wanted to do was to see him slowly succumb to that and it meant lots of communication of where we were in the story, lots of conversations about where it was going next and how many weeks it would take to get there so that Rowan could pitch his performance and did right perfectly yeah. to, you know, to do that. And then around that, obviously, the the issues that were happening for for Ben's wife, you know, for Maggie and for, you know, Ziggy in particular, who, you know, as an adult child mm. of someone who was going through it, had her own, you know, I guess, opinions and offerings to that. So all of those aspects had to kind of all be shaped yeah. into this very slow burn. Like I said before, but the family has really been hit hard. Like all of them have all been hit hard by different things. I yeah. mean, what, is that all part of the bigger picture or just the way it's happened? Like what was the thinking behind all of that? Family is the heart of the show, always has been and no doubt always will be. So that in this case, we had this beautiful, strong, bonded family, all of whom have their own ambitions and their own personalities and their own strengths and weaknesses and struggles. And the moments where those families come together, pull together because there's a thing, there's an enemy that they need to fight and they, and everyone is always stronger as a unit, that to me was the most delicious part mm. of the story was to be able to say we're only as strong as, you know, the sum of our parts. Yeah. So and it's relatable as well. 100% relatable because there's always someone out there. You, my research said one in eight men suffer from some form of depression in their lifetime. That's a lot of audience members who are watching going, I know how he feels. A lot of wives or sisters or mothers saying, I know how she feels and those are our struggles and, and how do we then come out the other end of that as some kind of, you know, loving unit that has held together. Awesome day out there. Mm -hmm. Perfect for a surf. Were you out till late last night? I just had dinner with some take mates. It was really fun, but I didn't drink, so no hangover. Mm. Dean's working today, so I'm surfing solo. How many more hints do you need? Oh, thanks, Zig, but I'm good. I understand how terrible you're feeling, but when I was doing it tough with Brody, you were the one that was pushing me to keep going. I also seem to recall you telling me to back off and get lost. As if I would say that to one of my loving parents. Now, Lou, Home and Away has such an incredible platform to reach an audience. How did you go about getting this story together for such a sensitive issue. It's actually scary when you're doing these kinds of stories because you feel the responsibility of it. You feel that there's someone out there who might say, oh, that's me. What am I going to do? How am I going to find? How did they find their way out of it? How am I going to find my way out of it? So we were very, very vigilant on our research. We worked with an, a psychiatrist through our medical researcher. You know, and we talked to people who had suffered from mental health issues, depression, anxiety, which often go hand in hand. And so we just made sure that every single step of the way was research correct, but also character correct, because obviously 
research is one thing, but it needs to hang off the truth of the character. And so we knew with Rowan that he would always look for the truth of that because he always has. And so, you know, understanding here's the framework of it, and we knew that Rowan would do something magical with it. What are the conversations that happen behind closed doors as well? I mean, to consider telling stories that you know will have such a massive impact on the audience. Um, we do talk a lot about not only the responsibility to the audience, but also to the actors. You know, you're, you're saying to someone, can you please play this for an extended period of time? Mm. And we need to, you know, understand that that has an impact or could have an impact. I don't know what Rowan's acting process is. I don't I see the result of it and I adore it, mm. but in terms of how he gets himself there, I don't know that. So it was really important not only in terms of the story, but for us to be able to take care of Rowan and Kesty and and you know the girls yeah. through that to make sure everyone was okay. Yeah. And do you take this into consideration when you are plotting the story arc? Always. Yeah. Always, I think the responsibility of any story is something that we always, we unpack a lot and say, mm, we need this one to make, I mean, obviously if someone's falling in love, they're falling in love. If someone's falling out of love, they're falling out of love or someone's done someone wrong, you know, that fod that story fodder is great. But stories like this, they do require care and attention mm. to detail and understanding that there is someone out there who may or may not be triggered by it or affected by it so to make sure that the right information goes up even on the end of the episodes if you're feeling this this is and all of those things are pre-planned we yeah. know that's what's going to happen because we take it seriously yeah Rowan has taking on this tough storyline affected your approach to work and possibly even your approach to everyday life Gee, that's a good question approach to work no I don't think it has I've always just tried to kindness discipline I have it on my fridge Kindness, discipline, intelligence, honesty. Now, that's what I do anyway. Once you come out of that storyline, you feel that grateful for having done it and hopefully you feel proud of it that the next little part of your journey is as a supporting player. The life question, I do try and take care of my mental health. Before we started on this storyline, I had a bit of a reckoning with it. And what I started to do from that was I started to do volunteer work about a year and a half ago. And I started a hobby, beekeeping, which I'd <laughs> wanted to do for a long time. And I started it and it's been made all the difference in my in my life. And I really value those, those hobbies and pursuits, motorcycles and all that sort of stuff. The balance of it is important. And when I do go home from home and away, I do shut the door and I have my time on my own and it probably became more important when we were doing what we had to do. The fact that I'm proud of it is is great. Yeah, it sounds like a very enlightening experience. Ben, like a lot of people, thinks that a pill, is re reluctant to take the pill, but he goes, if I take the pill, it better do this and this and this and it better switch off this and do this. And when it doesn't, it's like, well... You've got all your hope, you know, as a person who, as Ben, who hasn't had depression before, or is, it's only half the job. It's only half the work. Half the work's the medication. Half the work is counselling. And there's a, you know, there's a bit else. But it's that funny thing because, yeah, he invests so much, you know, it's like a pill is going to affect me. And if it's going to affect me, it better just switch all this off in a heartbeat. And it doesn't. So that was interesting. 
that's 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 interesting. That's how a bloke would approach it. You know, fix all of your problems. Yeah. And what kind of support did you get from the home and away family? I don't visit the office very much, but whenever I did. The first thing that would happen was I'd run into Lou, and Lou has done this before with me, just pull me aside and say, listen, we're all on your team. We love what we're seeing. Thank you. you you're killing you, you know, you're doing well. We trust you. We trust you. And that didn't change when we were doing all of this. As well as anything, the crew on Home and Away are fantastic and always discreet and always... Everyone knows the space to give you when you have to have the space. And when to close around you, when to open up. I don't recall a single time ever having to ask for anything so that I could focus. It was just an understanding. The right people have. They let me just be an actor. Yeah. They let me just be an actor, which is cool. Before you say anything... I'm off the couch. I wasn't asking. I was just ringing to check in. Checking up on me, you mean? Did you get my messages? Yeah, sorry, yeah, I've been busy. Is he really? Yeah, going through the thousands of dollars people are ever so politely demanding from us. Just don't worry about that. Wait. I'm not completely useless. It's not what I meant at all. Lou, did you discuss the impact of Ben's depression and what that would have on his family? Oh, yeah, it was a really, really big part of the story. And I think, um, you know, if someone, if you, if we had chosen a character to tell this story with who lived in isolation, it would have been a very different story. There were specifics about Ben's journey that could only be explored because he was a family man and because he had that support system around him. And his challenges were really specific to that because what Rowan brings to Ben and what Kesty and Sophie and Anna all bring to the table is a truth of those characters and you absolutely believe they're a family. So when you're throwing the cat amongst the pigeons as we do to really kind of rock that foundation... It's really important that we saw it from all of the perspectives because there's never just one perspective on mental health. Everyone has a different take on it. Everyone has a different idea of what should be done or what shouldn't be done, how far to say, how hard do you push, how much do you nag, how much do you just sit quietly and fear what may come out of this. So all of those things were because he was a family man. And you're having to consider the family, but also the impact it has on the Sun Bay community as well. Absolutely. And I think that what's really lovely and unique about the Bay is that community spirit. So while the family was in the trenches trying to fight it, there was a secondary support network around that. You know, the ALFs, particularly of the world, who were saying, one of ours is in crisis and that's not, we don't ignore that. We we step up we and band we together. we band together yeah. and it you know it's the anthem mm. of Summer Bay, you know we're stronger we stand stronger together. But ultimately, it was going to come to nothing if Ben couldn't see his way through it. It was Ben's journey, and so that's the biggest problem you can have. You know, a million people telling you you're awesome, you're great, you're loved, you're respected. It was up to Ben to find his way out of that mire, and so that became a very layered storytelling process, which was really satisfying. And for the men, the the male characters to start having those conversations to say, he's hurting, why don't we do this? Why don't we talk more? Why don't we 
give each other a call and make sure you're okay because men's issues are specific to men. And so it actually opened up a conversation amongst the other characters as well, which was really yeah, cool thing to be able to do. To them. Yep. Those moments to me were really beautiful Summer Bay humanity moments that it keeps me watching all the time. Mate, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not even here to try and talk you around. I'm here to help. Whatever you want me to do, you call the shots. But the bottom line is I'm not going anywhere until you start talking a bit of sense. I mean, Home and Away is all about escapism, but it is so important to tell such an important storyline like this as well, isn't it? You've got to find the balance, and this storyline has definitely done that. I just want to thank you both so much for sharing like you have. I've Mm. got so many takeaways from it. It's been such a great chat, one of my favourite podcasts so far. Thank you so much, guys, for hanging out. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you are in Australia and have been affected by Ben's storyline or anything you've heard in today's podcast, please contact Beyond Blue, 1300 224 636. That's 1300 224 636 or Lifeline, 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. And if you're listening in the UK, you can reach out to thecalmzone.net or mind.org.uk. And remember, you're not alone. This is a 7 West Media podcast.